This is In-Ear Insights, the Trust Insights Podcast. In this week's In-Ear Insights, we are talking all things TikTok, uh, the one of the largest, fastest growing social networks uh, in, as of you know last couple of years, uh, projected according to, uh, I believe it was either Gartner or IDC or somebody, uh, to reach 1.5 billion users, putting it uh, squarely within Facebook's league. It also, according to eMarketer recently, uh, has the highest engagement time uh, of any social network. People spend more time on TikTok than they do any other social network. So today I figured we take some time to talk about what analytics are available and what we should be thinking about with the data. So Katie, to start us off, you recently signed up for it. Uh, I've been out for a while. Um, what have you been finding and what, have, what, what are your first impressions? My first impression is that I am not the end user of TikTok. Um, I signed up purely to understand what the platform was. Um, and to me, it looks sort of like this mashup between Vine and Instagram. And so basically, it's just videos with some hashtags music and maybe an annoying voice. And so I I am not the end user. I'm going to be completely honest. I am not the end user. It's not my jam. I have a completely private account, so you're not going to find it. Um I'm not going to post anything. I just I don't I personally I don't understand it. I don't understand the appeal of it. I don't see why this is an entertaining thing. I'm aging myself. This is just not my thing. I also didn't have a MySpace. I also <laughs> signed up for Facebook super late and I barely use it. I have a Twitter account that I just can't get into. Like I, I am not the end user for these things. That said, <laughs> I get it. I get why it's a powerful tool for marketers. I get why it's really good for companies. And so from that perspective, I can take my personal feelings out of it. And then my curiosity is peaked of like, okay, so what do I know about this? What can I do with the information? And so when I'm looking at it from a user, I see things like follower numbers. I see things like likes, I see chats. And so to me, those are standard metrics for pretty much any social media account. So I would expect to see those, you know, in my suite of data, if that's available to me. So I guess my first question for you, Chris, is what's available to the users of TikTok? What's available to the content creators? Because it wasn't clear to me as a content creator where I could get that data. This is a really good point. And the answer is uh, very little is available to content creators other than sort of ad hoc stuff. So if you publish videos, you get analytics about your videos, the number of views, the number of uh, digs is what they're called. Uh, but there's basically uh, you know, a thumbs up or a likes, uh, shares, comments. Um, you get some a few insights about you know, how the video performed uh, relative to others. And then there's within the application itself, there's it's very, very hashtag and topic driven. Right. Mm -hmm. So you would put in things, you know, from the, the sort of the top keywords like, you know, for your page um, or specific topics. And that's where that's where the biggest gap is right now for us as marketers. 
we don't have good insights into what is working with a topic in the same way that like we would with SEO, where we can go to a keyword tool and put a bunch of stuff in. And so there are tools um, that can extract data from TikTok. It does not have an official API. So caveat emptor, if you, uh, if you do use these tools, you will probably want to use it on an account that you're not afraid of getting banned on uh, because they, it is technically a violation of the terms of service. Um, but the data you get out of it is much, much richer because uh, you get things like the data about the author, how many hearts they've received, how many fans they've had, uh, how many videos they've posted. You get information about the videos themselves, what dimensions, how long they are. Uh, you get things, uh, you can even do stuff and transformations with it to try and understand what are the like words and phrases and hashtags that are used within a topic so that you can put them in your video so that you get discovered more. That's kind of, where the opportunity lies right now for content creators is if they can get a hold of this data and perform the analysis on it, they have a better than average chance of being able to show up you know, within their target demographic or their target audience because they know what's getting the outcome that they're after, which is most of the time is views. Is you know, people are I just need to have people see my stuff. Like I posted a video on there, I got like 167 views. Like this is before I had access to all the keyword tools and things. Um, so I'm curious my next time through to see with the analysis if I can make the video do better. So let me ask you this question, Chris. So as a content creator, let's say you don't have the ability to you know create your own API to pull the data out how like here's what i don't fully understand if my job is a content creator and i'm going to be judged on certain metrics why would i be posting content on a platform where i can't measure it where i don't know how it's performing because the metrics don't aren't available because you do nuts where all the people are and even if you don't know how things are going to perform and you don't have great visibility into it you do know that at least there's people there uh, and if that's your target audience, like TikTok's audience does skew younger. Um, mm -hmm. If that's where, if that's your demographic, the under 40 is your demographic, then yeah, you need to, it's kind of like with anything, um, you, you got to plant the flag and at least be there to see what happens. Okay. Um, so, so what can you do with this data? Like, is it, could you run a predictive forecast on the topics and keywords to find out what people are looking for at certain times? Is it a platform that behaves that way? Or is it still just, you know, there's no seasonality, it's still too new, anything goes? So that's a really good question. I, I think we can answer that in two ways. The first way is, let, let's take a look at what some of the data is that is available. I'm going to share my screen here. And if you're listening to this on an audio podcast, go over to the Trust Insights uh, YouTube channel. Go to trustinsights.ai slash YouTube. You can see the screen share. <clears throat> so what I've done is I've, I've calibrated, uh, this is just a real basic correlation analysis, nothing fancy, of play count versus all the other metrics to try and figure out, is there a, any relationship between all these other metrics? Digs, which is you know likes, shares, obviously have big, extremely high correlations. Comments uh, do as well. Your popularity as an author, if you are a, a, a already well-liked author, your stuff will do better. Um, so that's kind of a catch-22. 
And then you can see a bunch of things here. This is an analysis I did of um, some flower stuff. So over the weekend, I was talking with a friend of mine who's a, an independent uh, solo proprietor florist in France. And she's trying to figure out like, how do I use things like TikTok to promote my business? I said, well, let's take a look out of curiosity at you know, things like flowers and florists and stuff as a hashtag on TikTok, extract the data and see what is in there. So what I did is I recycled some code that we wrote actually for Instagram a couple of years ago and said, Get, show me the top 100 hashtags in this big pile of videos. And then let's go through and tag all the videos by what, how many times they contain each of those words. And then let's do a correlation to say, okay, if you use this word, you know, what is the, the relationship between any given word and the response variable, which in this case is views. And we see here things like flower, roses, uh, for you, the meta hashtag, floral, DIY. These are terms that occur in videos whose performance, you know, the, the, these terms have a, a something of a correlation to the performance. Now, from there, you can get like super fancy if you have access to it. Uh, tools like IBM Watson Studio, for example, saying, okay, tell me in a more sophisticated way uh, not just a basic correlation, what are the things that that uh, lead to or potentially could be causing high video play performance? And that, uh, one of the interesting ones that popped out was tulips. And I, I asked my friend, I said, I this is not something I don't know flowers. Um, you know, I know I know they grow in my yard and that's really about it. Um, <laughs> I don't know what they mean. What what do you interpret this? And And she said, tulips are what people give when they don't want to give roses, um, particularly in Europe, but in general, she said that's, you know, and they, all the different colors have similar meanings. And she said, it's not surprising to see that's the case. And so uh, she's going to try posting some videos of, you know, various tulip arrangements. But from our perspective as, as marketers doing analytics, this kind of insight tells us, okay, here's some things we can now go test. Right? We can go try it out and see if it works. So if I were to do this for, say, analytics or consulting or uh, HR, uh, we could see what terms came up. And then if we were making videos about that, we could put those terms in and see how well they performed. So that's part one. Is, did I miss anything there so far? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, I have some questions about posting the videos themselves that I wonder how that plays into this. So um, I know on Instagram, for example, you don't have to state the kind of content you will be posting because it's your account. You can kind of post whatever you think makes sense. When you sign up for TikTok, you get asked a series of questions of what kinds of things are you interested in so we can show you those videos, similar to if you sign up for a Pinterest account. As a content creator, do you have to specify what kinds of videos, like I'll be posting animal videos or recipe videos or floral videos, or is the AI just sort of like taking a look at these videos and saying, this is a dog video, this is a food video, and then also taking into account the hashtags, which then sort of back to your point and your analysis, the accuracy of the hashtags would then help show those videos to those people who are interested in those things. Uh, I, I, from what I can see, and we don't know because we don't have independent confirmation from TikTok, they're not going to tell us what's in their algorithm. Um, but Weird. what we can see is that the hashtags themselves do seem to have a pretty substantial role to play in in the play count variable. And mm. again, that's not surprising. 
image recognition itself is complex and computationally heavy. Video recognition is even more so. So uh, I suspect very strongly that TikTok's algorithm is relying very heavily on what content creators put in the description and the text about mm. their videos as a way of doing that, that mapping because that's computationally so much cheaper. Gotcha. So you had done an analysis a couple of months ago of do hashtags matter on Instagram and the high level conclusion was no. Whereas on TikTok, it sounds like they do matter because that's how your content is getting categorized and shown to people who have said, I'm interested in watching see videos about these things. Exactly. And behaviorally, when you talk to folks, um, like in a number of the Discord groups that I'm in, when we when people are talking about TikTok, they're talking about specific hashtags and topics. So a very specific set of topics that they follow that they want to see more of. So they, uh, you know, a lot of networks like LinkedIn, for example, have, have, have introduced you could follow a hashtag to limited success. On TikTok, that is the primary way it seems, at least again, from, from discussing with folks who use it a lot, um, that's the primary way that they stay in tune with what they want to see. Well, it's it's interesting that you bring up LinkedIn. Um, I see LinkedIn as a very different kind of social platform than TikTok. And so TikTok, my understanding is, you know, still pretty limited, but it's literally you can show videos and you can show short form videos. Whereas on LinkedIn, it has a whole host of features and you can write, you know, paragraphs of text and post newsletters and articles and jobs, whereas TikTok is not that kind of a platform. So I'm unsurprised that what works on TikTok doesn't work on LinkedIn because they're not the same. It's not apples to apples. And so when I think about platforms like TikTok, and I think about it in terms of what it can do for a company like ours, Maybe I'm, you know, sort of limited in my thinking of it, but I, I can only imagine it would ever work for awareness. I can't imagine uh, selling our services there because it doesn't strike me as a bottom of the funnel channel. Am I wrong in thinking about it that way? It depends. It depends on what your funnel looks like. For a company like ours, yeah, it would be hard to communicate the value of what we do in three minutes or less, right? Uh, not impossible, but uh, it, it is something that, that's one of the things we have to keep in mind too is that TikTok is primarily an entertainment channel, right? Mm -hmm. um, it is very much about entertainment, fun stuff, funny things, uh, all sorts of stuff that uh, we're not very inter entertaining people. <laughs> <laughs> well, speak for yourself. <laughs> I'm pretty video gosh marketing darn entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> From a video marketing perspective. Sure. Um, yes. You're right. You know, we are better off in terms of the way people beha behave in our buying cycle. We are better off uh, with a network like LinkedIn uh, for more of that mid funnel stuff. I, I truly believe that for the most part, except for e-commerce companies, there are not many social networks that work well for bottom of the funnel stuff because social media in general is not a bottom of the funnel thing, except for private social media communities like Slack or Discord. Um, so I don't think that it would be particularly effective for us as, a, as say, like a lead generation uh, tool. I do think it would be it would be a good awareness tool. I think there has some, depending on how you message it and how creative you are, uh, you could certainly get to people 
um, to talk about, like, say, you know, downloading a new white paper or whatever. And if you pay for the ads, uh, you can get, you know, clickable links with all your standard attribution tracking to drive that traffic to your content. But your creative's got to be good. Your creative's got to be uh, as entertaining as the other stuff in people's feeds so that they want to pay attention to it. So you just brought up an interesting uh, point that we should definitely talk about in terms of what data you can get out of TikTok. So advertising. So again, I my knowledge is limited, but I know that you can advertise on TikTok. Um, you know, and so that's going to be competing with the likes of a Facebook or an Instagram or any of these other social platforms that are video based. Um, what data can you get as an advertiser? Because that, I mean. An app, a, a social media advertiser spends a lot of money, theoretically, and so they want to know with as much accuracy as possible what their spend got them. So how does how does that work if the data is still limited? It is. So the advertising, you get the advertising metrics on TikTok, and that's helpful. But you put in your landing page, put in your UTM codes. And then it's like any other channel where you can run your multi-touch attribution through Google Analytics or the, the analytics tool of your choice um, and get a sense of, okay, did this channel work for us in eventually contributing to conversions, right? Um, and because it, it supports you know, a URL, uh, you can put in all the UTM tracking codes that you want, you know, the, your source, your medium, the campaign, keywords, content and get a sense of, okay, these are the pieces of creative that worked well for us. These are the, the, the campaigns that worked well for us and, and get the same level of visibility you out of any other mature advertising platform. So is TikTok similar to Instagram in the sense of, you know, if you like what you see link in bio or can you put the link directly in the piece of content and someone can click out of TikTok into the thing you want them to go to? For the paid ads, they can tap right from the video itself into your your uh, landing page. So I see. So that's then an incentive for someone to put money into TikTok to get people to have that smoother experience. Very smart. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so to answer part two of your question, even though TikTok has its own hashtags and its own ecosystem. We know that at the end of the day, it still is human beings uh, mm -hmm. consuming the content. So anything that any data that you have in terms of predictive forecasts for like keywords in SEO will have some spillover effect on TikTok because if people are thinking about uh, tulips right now, um, there's a very good chance that that search interest will translate into uh, interest in the same topic on any social network because mm -hmm. we're we're humans right so we're we're thinking about the thing we're going to go and consume the thing on youtube on TikTok, on facebook on twitter wherever it is um so i would say you know to answer your question where what can marketers do <clears throat> look at your existing data um and you know the surveys that you run with your audience the polls the questions the one-on-ones the focus groups with the feedback you get in discord or slack all that stuff can inform your content strategy and then you just have to figure out the creative aspect for you know what makes TikTok say different than Facebook uh, mm -hmm. your creative will be different but the interest what the audience wants is pretty consistent gotcha it's you know it's just one of those 
social media in general is just one of those things that I've never really been able to get behind for myself personally. And so when I try to think about it and applying it to a business and how to grow a business and using it for that, it's a very different mindset. It's, I would do things on a social platform that I would never do for myself, you know, number one post, um, you know, it's probably the first thing. Um, but, you know, when I try, again, when I try to think about it in terms of it's an entertainment platform, but we have a marketing and data science company, where's the intersection there? Um, and then, you know, because we're so heavy on the data, what data can you get out of it? Do you feel like as TikTok's popularity grows, they will create more of an analytics dashboard for the users? Or do you think that not having those metrics available is part of why people are so interested in it? I think people, well, marketers are interested because there's a billion and a half people there. That's, you well, know, it, it is, they, it, you could be watching, you know, videos of like cats dancing. Uh, and if that was all the platform was, if it had a billion and a half users, marketers would be like, okay, I need some of that. Because um, we got to go where the people are. I think over time, TikTok will probably uh, have to figure out how to provide content creators a bit more ease of use in terms of, of what to create, particularly corporate uh, mm -hmm. and business folks who want to be using the platform for business development, even if it's just in the advertising side, because I'll be honest, mostly ads that are in TikTok, they suck. They're terrible. The, you could tell it was put together by an agency that doesn't understand TikTok's culture. It doesn't mm -hmm. understand the way that heavy users communicate with each other. It's like, it, it's like that, you know, the, the, the Steve Buscemi video, you know, hello, fellow kids, uh, you know, the person who's there is clearly out of place and trying to integrate and not doing well at it, as opposed to some folks like, hey, we're new here. We have no idea what's going on. We're going to do our best, but we're not going to pretend to be the cool kids because we're clearly not. Um, <laughs> and I think that part, something like that, too, um, so that. I get you know, called brand transparency, or whatever would probably be actually work to companies' benefits to say like, we're here, we have no idea what we're doing. You you tell us um, mm -hmm. what you want to see out of us, and I think that would be a very interesting, particularly for companies where there isn't a ton of transparency to begin with, and you start you've started to see with um, some brands doing this well on places like Instagram, where they do more behind the scenes stuff, where they can show. Uh, you know, what's, what's happening. Uh, you know, your husband works at, at Whole Foods at, uh, you know, in, in the meat department. Uh, I'm sure Whole Foods would never allow it, but I'm sure that people would be very interested in knowing like exactly what do you do, you know, and, and be able to ask <laughs> questions like, you know, which cut of meat should I get for the, you know, this or that. And that level of transparency does translate well. Mm -hmm. I would, I think, you know, it, again, this is not something that, I could see either of the two of you putting together a TikTok channel for, but <laughs> you could see you could see your husband doing an entire series of grill fails. Like here's the all the ways people just screw things up and like don't do this and just have Neil you know, yelling at the camera, don't do this, that's wrong. <laughs> like that was the the worst. No, just, you know, just feed it to your dog at this point. <laughs> so basically, it would be him giving me a task and then him filming me trying to complete the task on a grill. Exactly. Starting with exactly. probably burning my fingers trying to light the grill. Exactly. But it, it, when you look at the different types of content that tend to perform well, it's, it is all entertainment. Mm -hmm. And as humans, we enjoy laughing at other people. Um, and <laughs> good or ill, 
and and being able to understand that that that's why people are there mm-hmm. and creating your content around it like uh, for something for uh, you know, like you and i where yes the work we do does not lend itself to entertaining video it really doesn't um but us literally just sitting here ranting about you know, just the the 22 things that people just do wrong consistently like this is just the dumbest thing don't do this you're an idiot if you do this sort of like imagine like being the gordon ramsay of data science just like yelling at people <laughs> what are you you're an idiot sandwich <laughs> that would do well and it mm. would get people interested in okay well what is this thing they keep talking about you know the, the this this crazy asian guy who's yelling at people what is this thing that that they're doing mm-hmm. and get, that can help start get people out of the entertainment sphere and start the journey of okay well what is it that this company actually does it's that's an interesting way to think about it and i think for b2b marketers in general you know, we don't see ourselves as like the work that we do very entertaining, but if you put the human element back into it, that in and of itself could work. Um, Now, as we're starting to sort of, you know, wrap up the conversation, I want to sort of go back to something that you've said a couple of times about, you know, the one point, however many billion people who are on the platform and marketers want a piece of it. I understand that as, you know, a marketer myself, but the, the, the problem I'm still having is if I can't measure it, how can I demonstrate the effectiveness of it? Is it something that's going to start showing up in my, you know, traffic in Google Analytics? Ideally, if I'm doing it right, you know, where else am I going to start to see that data if I don't have access to the full API as you're describing? You're going to see it in two places uh, if you're doing it well. Remember, all social media, like we are talking about earlier, is very much an awareness channel. How do we measure awareness? One of the top ways to do that is branded organic search, right? Um, mm-hmm. Asking, you know, as you should see an increase in branded organic search if your videos are starting to resonate. Like if you get a, a video on TikTok that clocks a million views and you don't see an increase in your branded organic search, it means that either you did a terrible job branding your video um, or you got an audience that just doesn't, you got the wrong audience. That's fine, you still got a million views. The second thing, which again is, should be table stakes, table minimum for everybody is, when you talk to customers, particularly B2B marketers who can afford to do this because you have the time, ask them how they heard of you, ask them mm-hmm. where they've seen you. And if the answer is never TikTok, then you know it's not working, right? But if, the, if they say, oh yeah, I went to a webinar and I saw one of your videos on TikTok and I read some emails from you, great, it's in there. We know it's in there and, and you can measure that. So there are always ways to pull out that information of where people have heard of us in any data. That makes sense. Um, you know, I always go back to, I remember the very first Marketing Profs B2B forum that I went to with you in Boston six years ago now, I guess. Uh, the opening speaker was uh, Avinash from Google. And the thing that stuck with me about his talk was he was talking about those kinds of metrics. He's like, it's great if you have a million followers on Facebook, but if nobody engages with the video, then those followers don't matter. And I think about, I always think about that in terms of social media. And so that's why I'm really curious about the kinds of metrics and what is effective on a newer platform like TikTok, where all you have is 
followers and likes or digs, I guess, and comments. And that's really all you can do with it. Yep. I mean, think about it this way. You should be looking at all of your retention metrics. And we talked about this a couple episodes, like returning users. Mm -hmm. Is there a relationship between the number of TikTok videos and the views that they get and your returning users? Because if there is, it means that you're reminding people that you exist and they, and they can come back to you. If there isn't, then again, it's probably not doing its job of getting people to remember who you are. Awareness channel, retention channel, just keeping your place in somebody's brain in an increasingly cluttered world is what these channels are supposed to do. And there and there are clear, straightforward ways of measuring that. So that's, I think, where we should you know wrap it, this up is to say, look, everything is measurable, but the measurements in particular for TikTok that really work are the ones that work for any awareness channel. Branded organic search, returning users, and asking people how they heard of you. And if the answer is never, ever the channel in question, then you know the channel's not working. Interesting. You just gave me a couple of ideas of ways that we could experiment with some videos on TikTok, which I'll say for us to uh, sort of think through a little bit more. But, you know, as as more platforms emerge, especially with people wanting to move away from like the standard, larger, older ones, I'll just be continually interested. So, you know, I guess, Chris, thank you for being the one who really digs into and finds these new channels for us because I'm definitely not that person. I'm never going to be the one to be like, hey guys, there's a new social media channel. You'll be like, great, that's been around for 10 years. Thanks a lot for that. <laughs> if you've got tips that you want to give on TikTok or a social media channel we have not heard of, pop on over to our free Slack group. Go to trustinsights.ai slash analytics for marketers where you and over 2,200 other marketers are asking and answering questions all day long. And wherever it is that you watch or listen to the show, if there's a channel you'd rather have it on, uh, except for Facebook, go to trustinsights.ai slash TI podcast where you can find us on most other channels. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Need help making your marketing platforms, processes, and people work smarter? Visit trustinsights.ai today and learn how we can help you deliver more impact.